0: So, um, we're talking about coming to the table and inviting people, um, and that it's not just my job, it's everybody's job. Every Christian should be inviting people uh, to come to the table to meet Jesus, and we're a better place that would be on Sunday because we talk about Jesus. There you go. (laughs) So, you know, that would be a helpful thing. And so, if Jesus is important to us, we want to bring people to the table. Now, a lot of times when we bring people to the table, um, they don't know what to do with the food or the drink, which Spiritually, the food is the Bible and the drink is Jesus, okay? And so, or the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, we want them to come, but sometimes they don't feel like eating. They don't feel like uh, uh, having that moment. And that's okay. Uh, It takes uh, five or more different people to bring someone to Jesus, Uh, so you might be number three, and they don't respond to them. Uh, and then the fourth or the fifth person, all we do is plant the seed, and God is the one. God lets it grow. We're the ones who, who who help it to get there, and then God is the one who takes plant in somebody's heart. Also, sometimes as a Christian, when we come to the table, um, we don't want to eat either. Sometimes uh, we just want to be in the presence of Jesus. We just want to be that quiet vessel who says, "Be still." And know that he is God. And so when we come to that point in our life, when we come to that, we call that in our spiritual lives fasting. Now, people get all weirded out about that word because they're like, wow, well, we can't go without food, we can't go without drink. Oh, come on, Frankie, come on, Bible. Why do you even talk about fasting? Well, we're going to talk about it because it is part of the Christian's life. So if you've never fasted, try it. Um, And we're going to give you some steps here to, to try that, because really the scripture says when you fast, not if you fast. And so Jesus is expecting us to fast and to put him before our food and water. What is fasting? Fasting, the biblical definition, is to abstain as a religious exercise from food and drink, either entirely if the fast lasted but a single day or from customary or choice nourishment if it had continued on several days. Now, who was the most famous faster in the Bible? Jesus, how many days? 40, 40, okay, which is interesting because our bodies physically can't go until 30. And so spiritually, if God is going to help us, we can go up to 40. Now, uh, this is not bragging or anything like that, but I've been up to 15 days. And it's very interesting because your mind starts... Uh, uh, focusing on Jesus more than your food. Once you start getting those hunger pains, uh, I usually go and pray, and and he sustains me. And it's amazing how fasting just really becomes part of your life once you start doing it over and over. Now, I do not recommend to start with 15. um, I would recommend maybe skip a meal, maybe do a day. Um, Also, uh, you can just be abstaining from food, or you can be abstaining from drink, or both. Um, so those who have low blood sugar and all those things, you can drink a protein drink. Um, you know, to keep your... Because he doesn't want you to die when you're fasting. Okay? I just wanted to tell you that. He doesn't want you to die. Fasting is not about our physical being. It's about saying that he's more important than our physical necessities. And so when we talk about fasting, fasting for our spiritual life. Esther, chapter 4, verse 2 through 4. Now, this is a wonderful book. If you ever want to read an Old Testament book about... Uh, God presenting himself without using his name. Nowhere is found in Esther that the name of God is used. But you can see through Esther that he is working and producing uh, wonderful things through his people. So Esther chapter 4, verse 2 through 4, Esther just realized, and Mordecai just realized, that Haman was out to get them. Haman was second in command. Haman wanted all the Jews in every province to be killed at once. He even made gallows to hang them and to put them through a spike. And so uh, in Esther chapter 4, this is in this midst of uh, this this idea that the edict was going to come out and they were going to kill all the Jews at once. And so here's Esther chapter 2, I mean chapter 4 verse 2 through 4. But he went only as far as the king's gate, this is Mordecai, because no one clothed in sackcloth was allowed to enter it. In every province to which the edict, or the law, was ordered by the king came, there was a great mourning among the Jews, with fasting, weeping, and wailing. Many lay in sackcloth and ashes. When Esther's eunuchs and the female attendants came and told her about Mordecai, she was in great distress. She sent clothes for him and put to put on instead of sackcloth, but he would not accept them. So the whole nation was going to be destroyed. And so... This was a necessity that the whole nation, even, it says in the Bible, even women, children, and men, all fasted. Now, why would they all fast? It was going to be an extinction. It was going to be genocide. Haman ordered it. The king wrote, uh, signed it. And yet, in that time, he could not go back on his word. Yeah. Yeah. So, when Esther and Mordecai heard about this, they asked the whole nation. Now, every person was experiencing fasting. And this was appropriate because there was going to be genocide. There was going to be, everyone was going to die. Now, sackcloth and ashes. Uh, We don't go around when we fast in sackcloth and ash. At this time, remember, the Old Testament was a physical appearance for a spiritual life. And so here's Mordecai with sackcloth and ash. They would literally wear this most scratchy, itchy, nasty, god-awful sackcloth, which is a sack, and it became cloth. Okay? So just think if you had a potato sack on you all day. Anybody want to do that? Yeah. Okay, a little uncomfortable. And so, uh, also they would put ashes on their head, just so the outward sign of mourning, repentance, and abstinence from food. It was a type of cloth made of black goat's hair that was thick, rough, and coarse. It was uncomfortable wear. Later, it was used as a sack. It was an outside sign of a mourning or submission. Uh, the ashes, I mean ashes served as a reminder of where they came uh, where life came from, and that God formed us from dust. That's why they threw dust on their head. Um, later God tells Adam, um, by the sweat of your brow you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you came, for you were made from dust and dust you will return. Okay, so that's why they put sackcloth and ashes to say, look, i am in absolute grief i'm in desolation i'm in ruin i need to have god's intervention and so this was a proper time for this time now actually the jews celebrate this Uh, i'll tell you the end of the story that haman didn't get his way Um, actually the king made a second law and haman was hung and his family also instead of the jews and the jews rejoice, and every year they have a celebration and guess what they do for the celebration they passed, okay? Um, and then they have this uh, one day of great rejoicing with food and things like that. Everyone knew how Mordecai felt. When you put sackcloth and ash and you start running around and praying out loud, everybody what? Knows exactly what he was doing. And so even Esther was like, uh, Mordecai put some different clothes on, but he refused to do that because it was genocide. There was a proper time For fasting at this time. Now, most of your Old Testament people who fasted fasted in that manner. That people knew where your heart was. Now we come to the New Testament. Where's the law written? It's not on tablets anymore. Where is it written? On our heart. And so, if it's written on our heart, how can we put sackcloth and ash on our heart? That'd be kind of weird. Okay, hey, let's swallow some sackcloth and ashes. No, no, (laughs) no. Okay? So this is a spiritual fasting. And so we had a physical fasting of an outward appearance, and now we're physically fasting from food, but it's going to be a spiritual inward fast. It's only between you and God. Nobody should know. Nobody should uh, stand there and, and, and ask, what are you doing with sackcloth and ash as you went to your job that day? Who would like to go to the, their job with ashes on their head? I don't think anybody, right? That'd be kind of weird. So um, Jesus, on the... Uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, he's talking about a spiritual, inward idea here. And so, Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 through 18, fasting for God's glory. On this side of the cross, uh, this side, we don't have to go around with sackcloth and ash. Why? Because Jesus tells us to do something different. He's the one that can change it, right? If the law has been fulfilled in Jesus, then Jesus says that this is the way it's supposed to be, guess what we do? We don't do the Old Testament anymore, we do what Jesus tells us to do. Okay, good. What would Jesus do? Here we go. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. Now, wait a minute. He's calling Mordecai hypocrite? No. No. Here's the interesting thing. When we start doing the outward appearance and saying, oh, look at me, look at my... Some people could inevitably say what? Oh, he is so spiritual. She is so great. Oh, my goodness. They're just... They're, they're praying to God and they just have all this energy and spirituality. And, and who's getting the credit? We are. Not God. So some people could, in, in turn, say when you're fasting and they know you're fasting, who gets the glory? Yeah, us, not God. Now, nobody knows our heart, right? All they can see is the actions of our heart. And so God's saying, here, watch this. For they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. So when somebody fasts and they're like telling everybody, like, yeah, I'm fasting. Yeah, you know what I'm fasting for? You know, I'm doing this for God. You know what the reward is? That's it. You don't get another reward. Now, we're not in the business of rewarding, okay, or, or following a reward because we're fasting. But some people could be in, in the aspect of saying, oh, look, at him, he's, or her, she's saying all these fancy words, so they're saying their prayer out loud, they're fasting, oh my goodness, they're so spiritual. And we could get what? An ego problem. We can get a big head. Here's in First 17. But when you fast, not if you fast, when you fast, Put oil on your head and wash your face. It means go take a shower, go into work normally. Don't start saying, hey, I'm fasting. So that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is, what? Unseen. So here's the spiritual aspect, that it's a spiritual rendering of our hearts and saying God is more important than our our eating and our drinking. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now, what if somebody asks, well, you're not eating today? No, but I have some water, or, or you know, maybe I'm doing something healthy for my life. And then really, they don't need to know. If they ask you, you are like, no, I just have something I need to do. But instead of going, oh, no, I'm, I have sackcloth and ashes on my head, and I'm praying out loud, and look at me. When we come to the table with Jesus, we sometimes don't want to eat and drink. We just need to be in the presence of God. That our health and life are not as important as Jesus is. When we fast, it is when we fast. So whenever we fast, as long as we do this, as soon as we fast, this is what God expects out of us. Whenever is implying the hypothesis or more or less uncertainty that you are going to do it sometime in your Christian life. When, whenever, at once, or as soon as, and here's some reasons why we would do this, when our hearts are broken, and when we see others broken, when we see a nation broken, when all hope of the physical world is not there, when we trust what we trust in the physical is pulled away from us. We fast. Now, if a whole nation fasted, To get out of genocide what do you think would be cool if all the christians in the united states fasted for two days guys the christian church has more power than you think we have the spiritual holy spirit of jesus christ who resurrected them from the dead and yet we don't use it we expect the government to fix it or somebody else to fix it or somebody you know maybe outside or inside but God says when a when a nation is bound to need to sin, we must fast. If you want to see Canaan change, if you want to see this church change, if you want to have hundred people here, if you want it to be knocked down and let the church be here, not the building, not a not an area, but the church actually being the church, fast. Even in the science community, fasting is a practice that has been associated with a wide array of health benefits including weight loss, as well as improved blood sugar control, heart health, brain function, and cancer prevention. But guess what? When we fast, when a Christian fasts, it is a spiritual rendering of the heart. It's saying, well, I can't handle this. I don't want to handle this. This is, your, this is your judgment. This is your mercy, God. This is your grace. This is you. This is the obedience that I have, that my physical being is meaningless Without you. That's what fasting is. Is that we don't put food or water ahead of God. That we say, look, God, you are more important than my physical pride, my physical life, my physical realm. That you are the king of my life. That you are the one who changes me from inside out. You are the one who changes people and nations. And that my body has nothing to do with it. So what should we fast for? Here's here's ten things that we should fast for. To strengthen prayer. Ezra 8, chapter chapter 8, verse 23. there's There's a fasting in that one that says we need to strengthen our life in prayer. That prayer is more powerful than you think. It's just not a list of things that we want. It's a list of things that God wants in our life. That God wants in our nation. That God wants in our family and our children. It is strengthening that prayer life. That we get closer, not further away. We stop eating for an hour, we stop eating for a meal, we stop eating for days upon days. And when that hurt happens, it's the it's good. We strengthen our resolve spiritually with God. We're not just people who eat and drink. We should be more than that. To seek God's guidance. Judges chapter twenty, verse twenty six. There's a whole fasting in there that talks about seeking God's guidance mm. to express grief, 1 Samuel 31:13. There's an inexpressible grief. Maybe when someone dies close to you, maybe when someone's hurting, you're fasting for them. To seek deliverance or protection, 2 Chronicles 20, chapter 20 verse 3 through 4. To express repentance and return to God, 1 Samuel 7:6. To humble oneself before God, to say, look, you are more important than me. You are number one. You are the middle of my life. 1 Kings chapter 21, verse 27 through 29. If you want this list, I'll I'll give it to you afterwards. I know I'm going a little fast with all the scripture. To express concern for the work of God, Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 3 through 4. Nehemiah had this huge idea of of building back Jerusalem, of building back uh, a place to worship, and guess what he did before he even asked the king? He fasted and looked for an opportunity to minister to the needs of others, Isaiah 58, 3-7, to overcome temptation and dedicate yourself back to God, Matthew chapter 4, 1-11, through and to express love and worship for God, Luke chapter 2, verse 37. The first thing is imperative to decide when you're going to fast and how you're going to do it. The second is fasting for God's sake that it's his will that be done in your life now there are some no-nos in fasting, okay, there are some things that God does not want Isaiah 58, 1-8 says this This is this is pretty interesting that he still wants us to do these things because he repeats a lot of this in the New Testament again Shout out loud, do not hold back, raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out, they seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask for me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have you humbled ourselves and you have not noticed Interesting, huh? Here is God's chosen people fasting, and God doesn't notice. Why? Well, we'll find out why. But it's interesting also, as the church, we seek God's face, we we pray to him, but maybe he's overlooking us because we're not putting him first. We're putting everything else first. Or doing what the Jews did here. Yet on the day you were fasting, you do as you please. You exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarrelings and strife, and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today, except your voice to be heard on high. If Christians are not acting like Christians, God won't hear it, period. He didn't hear prayers back then when Christians prayed and they were doing evil things, and he won't do it today. I promise you that. He has said it over and over in the Old Testament, and the New Testament. Our spirit has to be in the right place for God to listen. If we're not putting Him first, might as well not be a Christian. I know I'm stepping on toes today, but fasting is important. We don't talk about it enough. We get into the subject like, "Ooh, I don't want to skip a meal. Oh, I don't want to skip any drinking. I don't want to skip things. I I, I gotta eat my meals." <laughs> You don't. You need God to sustain you more than food. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen only on a day for people to humble themselves? It is only for bowing one's head like a reed and lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that you call a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is it not the kind of fasting I have chosen to lose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? God wants us to fast Because the spiritual chains are still on a lot of people. The spiritual nation is failing. The church is failing. We need to fast. We need to say, look, food and everything in our life is not as important as God. I mean, our actions look at it. If you look at the church worldwide, we have more divorce, we have more sin, we have more pornography, and we have more evil in our church. Than we do ever in the history of our, the church. Why? Because we're going to look like the world. We're not the world. We're supposed to be standing on Jesus Christ who crucified. It is not to share your food with the hungry or to provide the food, of the poor wherever the shelter. When you see naked and clothe them and not turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like dawn. Your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you. And the glory of the Lord will be the near, a rear guard. If we are truly the church of Christ, then people should know that we are looking after other people. That we're looking after their needs. That we're looking after the naked and the, and the hurt and the broken and the oppressed. That we are standing on a firm foundation of Jesus Christ. That it's encouraging to fast in our hearts to let God change people, to let God ask for direction and and help and, and our prayers are to be answered. We need to render our hearts and fast. It's not if you just do it someday. It's when you do it, this is how you do it. So what is Jesus expecting us to do? What is he expecting us? I just talked about it to fast <laughs> he's expecting us to fast it's not an option it's actually a command if you want to render your heart and ask for God's direction and God's sustaining life and God's spiritual life you need to fast fast one meal we can all do that right we all have enough density in our, our, our life <laughs> to fast for one meal Yes? When you fast, go to God in prayer. And I wouldn't even ask for anything. I would just be there silent. And then start asking that God can be the center of your life. That God can come in and and change your direction, your perspective. And then start asking. Because we need to have God first. Do I need to do this more? Yes. Am I good at this? No. Is God... Was Jesus great at this? Yes, and he's my example. That's why I'm, nine times out of ten, who am I preaching to? It's not you. Who am I preaching to? So, yeah, myself. That I need to do a better job. And so if you feel like, oh, Frankie, you're just you're just pointing the finger at us. I'm not. I'm pointing the finger back at you. You know, my dad always said, when you point the finger at somebody, what happens? You got three, you got three coming back. <laughs> Guys, I need to fast more. Our country needs us to fast. Our neighbors need us to fast. Our spiritual life needs us to fast. Fast for our spiritual life. Fast for God's glory. And fast with the right intentions and reasons. We don't go around with sackcloth and ash and tell everybody we're fasting. We need to do it in a rendering heart, coming to the table and saying, God, I'm not, I don't want to eat right now. I want you. I don't want to drink any water. I want you. That's what fasting is. That's what we need to start doing. To bring change to America, to bring change to our neighbors, and to bring change in the church. We need to stand for Jesus. Let's pray.